Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Midnight Mass, book three, Proverbs, is the episode of Midnight Mass, the original miniseries on Netflix uh, that I will be spoiling. I will be talking about in detail, so if you have not seen episode three of Midnight Mass and do not want to be spoiled, I would not recommend continuing on with this show. With that warning being said, let's get into it, shall we? This mo- this episode starts off with Monsignor, uh, I guess, Father Paul, I should say, uh, in an empty church. Uh, he is, goes into confessional. And he sits down and assumingly talking to nobody, but be- in this confessional that we cut to a few times throughout this episode, we're seeing this this event basically takes place before he introduces himself to the congregation. So before this this event is taking place, before everybody sees him for the first time in episode one. So it's a bit of a prequel setting up Father Paul in a way, and also talking about what happened to Monsignor Pruitt. Bless me, Lord, for I am going to sin. Tomorrow morning I'm going to introduce myself to the parish and lie to them about Monsignor John Pruitt. And, I mean, in this confession that we go to, we hear that Monsignor was, you know, sicker than he leads on and was having more problems in Jerusalem on his trip to Jerusalem to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ than than initially was uh, told to the people. And this is him basically confessing prematurely, preemptively, uh, that he is going to sin, which I don't think, I'm not part of the Catholic faith. It's been forever since I've been involved in any kind of religion. And I don't think that you can confess your sins pre-sin, I don't think because that kind of kind of like deferts defeats the purpose of of the confession part of being having your sins absolved by confession. You can't like preemptively absolve. It's like people trying to get uh, pardons before they committed a crime. It doesn't really it shouldn't really work that way. It doesn't seem like it should work that way. Uh, but he talks about Pruitt in Jerusalem, uh, that he had dementia, clearly had dementia, as Warren uh, mentioned previous episode, how Monsignor Pruitt was pretty out of it and the altar boys would really have to help walk him through. Uh, they've also mentioned how Miss Keene had taken advantage of Monsignor Pruitt's mental state in order to kind of uh, get everybody's money from the the settlement that happened after the the oil flood, the oil spill and that ruined their island. Uh, and then uh, he said he's going to tell the parish uh, that you see Monsignor Pruitt at the Wailing Wall. Uh, you see, tells He says that, you know, he ends up getting lost. He g- would get lost from his tour group constantly uh and uh he's doing this he's he's going to lie to them in order to prepare them for miracles that are going to happen now what happened at the end of the last episode was that lisa who was uh confined to a wheelchair uh, was able to walk again the first miracle of the show she was able to get out of her wheelchair and walk up the stairs to receive communion from father paul uh so there are potentially more miracles to be coming in the show uh but that is kind of his his reasoning for lying to people about monsignor pruitt which we are going to be getting a lot of my assumptions after the last episode there's going to be answers in this episode uh i'm i still have no i i don't know it's it's there is a slow going with this show uh, it's definitely taking its time ramping up. It's kind of, it's doing a lot of setup for what I imagine, uh, you know, we're only in episode three. I think there's 10 episodes. So at some point, it'll be interesting to see what 
how everything's going to play out, all these things that are being set up. Anyway, we cut to uh, the we cut to basically the events directly after last episode of uh, Lisa getting communion, uh, and we have the entire congregation just minds blown in awe. It's like a slow mo shot, and we see Father Paul immediately retreat after this miracle that happened. He goes to the back of the church, runs to uh, runs to his little house that's behind the church. Uh, Miss Keene is following him. He's clearly ill while he's running. He looks sick, follows him into his home, and we see Father Paul coughing up blood into his sink. So he's not doing very well. Uh, cut to... Uh, Lisa's parents took her to the doctor, Dr. Gunning, uh, and she's doing tests, and she's like, listen, she's got her feeling back. It's not strong, but she's got her feeling back. Uh, we, she wants to do more tests, send her to the mainland to run more tests to see what actually happens. And uh, her parents aren't really, one, they, they can't afford it because of all the treatments that they've already had to pay for uh, for Lisa for her for the reason why she's was paralyzed to begin with uh, and they don't really have money uh, to do further testing and also they're just content with it being a miracle they're not willing to they feel like if they were to get tests done on lisa that it may disprove the miracle of the lord like if we find out scientifically why she regained her ability to walk, then that will disprove that a miracle actually happened. And they would much rather live in a world where God blesses miracles upon certain people while other people can suffer, uh, which is a big, big kind of theme of this episode. Uh, but they deny they, they're not into sending her to the mainland. Uh, cut to... Uh, doctor goes, her mom's not uh, in her bed. Uh, mom has dementia as well, not doing well, but Monsignor's been, you know, visiting her to do her daily mass, doing a house call version of that. Uh, but uh, she's not in her bed. She finds her upstairs, uh, and she notices that her room looks different, which is kind of, there's all these, like, there's a few characters like Riley's parents, who are, you know, his, his, her, his dad's back. There's a scene where his dad's back was feeling better. Uh, there's a scene where his mom doesn't need the glasses anymore. Her reading glasses actually make things blurry. And uh, now we're seeing the mom of Miss Gunning still not like... She was able to get up the stairs, first off. But also she recognizes her room looks different so there's the electricity starting to turn back on in her mom's head cut to uh everybody that has problems is now gathered outside of father paul's little house i don't know what that would be called i'm sure there's a specific name for it uh and and miss keen is standing on the porch saying that's not how miracles work people he can't just start it's not father paul it's the lord he's you can't just zap your kid well again. But she definitely doesn't mind taking the opportunity to lead everybody in prayer. Uh, despite, you know, kind of explaining that he can't just... Also, he's not doing well. So she doesn't want to say that. But making excuses for him not to be bothered. But she's also taking the opportunity, as Miss Keene would, as her character seems... Like, it seems very plausible that she would be doing this. Uh, takes the opportunity to lead ed everybody in prayer. And uh, so she does that. Cut to uh, AA meeting, Riley with Father Paul. Uh, we have... Uh, he's uh, Father Paul obviously feeling better at this point. Uh, but they're in the rectory as they started doing the AA meetings. In the, not the rectory, but the rec room. And uh, Riley's like, I can explain why she's able to walk again like misdiagnosis she's was been able to heal all these times and like he, he can justify why she would now be able to walk after previously being 
paralyzed. Like Riley's able to logically think of reasons why that could not be just some miraculous event that happened. But the thing he has a question about, the thing that doesn't make sense to him, is how Father Paul knew that she was able to walk. Because he not only backed away, but backed away up the stairs. And that, like, if he was wrong about his assumption about her ability to walk again, that would have ostracized him from the community. Like, Riley's like, they would have hated you if you did what you did, and then she still wasn't able to walk. But somehow you knew. And Riley's like, you know, even if I told you how I knew, you wouldn't believe me because I know who you are. Like, Father Paul understands and respects Riley for his opinions and understands that it wouldn't be, he, he can't just, because he needs proof, he can't just tell him, because I felt it. I felt it. I knew it. Which, you can kind of logically believe something like that, that people, because of their just focus and observations of human beings they have a a feeling they have like an empathy towards people where they can feel like you can tell on on a smaller level you can tell for the most part unless you know you're neurodivergent or whatever that term would be you can tell when somebody's happy or angry or in pain or there's something wrong like they don't have to necessarily tell you but you can you can kind of sense it by how they're acting and by their energy. And that's not magical abilities. That's just somebody who's paying attention to small details and they're able to put all of those things together to kind of get a sense for what's going on. And Father Paul just says, you know, he had this feeling that she was better. That he just knew. Cut to Lisa and Warren walking to school. She's now walking with a cane. The doctor gave her a cane. And on her way to school, everybody in town that sees her walking is like, she's like a celebrity kind of. Like, they're still in awe. They're, they're keeping their distance, but they're like pleasant. They're, you know, waving hello. And they have they start getting a trail of kids following them as they go to school, you know, because it's a popular thing. There's not many kids, 120 something people on this island. You know, there's what, maybe like 50, not even 50 kids. Maybe let's say there's 50 kids. Right. Small school. Not a lot of kids. You're going to be a celebrity if all of a sudden you can walk. And it's kind of like that. Not really a celebrity, like celebrity, celebrity, like they're not, but it's like a religious celebrity, right? It's not like uh, extreme energy is coming off these kids like they want an autograph. It's just like everybody's kind of just in awe of what happened. As if God himself came down and laid his hand upon Lisa and healed her. So anyway, they go to school, cut to Riley's parents. Uh, his dad's back is feeling a lot better. Like he makes reference to that again. You see the mom reading with no glasses. Uh, you see him putting on a record. Right? So they start to dance. They're feeling younger again. You know, they're getting that energy. Cut to Lisa's at Warren's window. This is like later on in the evening. Right? So his parents are dancing. Lisa shows up to Warren's window. Uh, they sneak out together. They get sneak off into a boat, and they're kissing in, on the lake. Cut to Riley still awake. He's putting a list together for his AA meetings for like uh, you know whatever step he's on, a list of names he's got. He sees the the dead girl as he does every night, but instead of laying down and goes to sleep, he goes over to Aaron's house, and then we have kind of this montage cutting between all the different people of the neighborhood because it's like it's like this it's it's brought a new energy to the island and to the people and why this song is playing that his dad put on like we're cutting to all the people and everybody's just kind of in a 
in a good mood. Of, you know, things are looking up. And we get this montage of more people showing up at church. You have cuts of the old lady gunning, getting her communion. Uh, you have cuts of Ali and his dad doing their prayers. Cuts of Miss Keen putting the poison away. So she's still clearly using the poison to, you know, poison whatever predators are out there. Putting the thing away. You're seeing um, Riley's list growing with names. Uh, you're seeing him going to more AA meetings with Father Paul. Uh, you're seeing Joe waking up in jail uh, after sleeping off, uh, you know, being drunk, uh, given having morning coffee with the sheriff. You're seeing uh, the the family, the Scarboroughs. Lisa's parents, they're f handing out flyers, putting, spamming the neighborhood with these flyers of the miracle that happened at, at St. Peter, St. Joseph's, whatever the church is called, right? Spamming everybody in town with these, these pamphlets. Cut to the church is, you know, still full, people even more full. See Warren and Lisa making out more, you know, love is in the air. She's able to walk and now she's she gets to hang out, she's able to sneak out and, and you know, get her first love with, with, uh, with Warren. You see Riley over at Aaron's building a crib. See, see the parents, see Riley's parents dancing, having fun. Dad dips the, the mom. Like every, like it's, a, it's a happy time. Things are going well on Crockett Island. Cut to church pre-church prep you have warren in the back and uh and uh Uker getting their stuff ready getting the incense ready and all the wine for communion and all that stuff getting all the prep done uh and uh father paul says he'll finish it off just you know go on out there and warren goes back in to get the lighter because the incense isn't lit and he sees father paul spiking the communion pouring something out of his flask i'm assuming it's red i'm colorblind so forgive my assumptions in this area but he's clearly pouring something into the wine which my opinion my my theories last episode was that there's a vampire that flew into town that is sucking the blood of the cats it's now on crockett island and father paul is cohorting with this vampire that he brought in this chest from the episode one and that he's using the blood of the vampire in the communion that's why we're seeing people slowly start to heal that's why we're seeing why we saw lisa one of the people one of the few people that showed up for the daily mass while you see her healing you're seeing gunning healing you're seeing riley's parents healing regenerating getting more youthful and in this scene we see warren catches father paul spiking the communion wine with something out of a flask which i would assume is the vampire blood i want to take a quick break from the show to let you all know that there is official merch for the ray taylor show head on over to inspireddisorder.com you can get t-shirts different artwork available different designs all on high quality materials in all the sizes there's also iphone cases made of biodegradable material that's right this is not bad for the environment this is good for the environment so all of those designs that are available on t-shirts are also available on phone cases designed by me sold by me head on over to inspireddisorder.com to support the Ray Taylor show and promote it out in the world so all of the people in your life can see that you are a fan of the Ray Taylor show. Now, let's get back to that very show right now. And then uh, the, the sermon starts. Communion, the transformation of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. A metaphor? No, God tells us. Miracles, walking on water, rising from the dead, abstracts? No. God tells us, e eternal life, a colorful exaggeration? No. 
No, that's right. You call it out. God's gifts are as tangible as the ground beneath our feet. And his covenant, it's not abstract. No, it's a contract. Scrawled in flesh, inked in the blood of the martyrs, and yet, try as we might, we cannot visualize. We cannot mentally picture the rewards promised. So during that, we see Riley in the congregation rolling his eyes because he's telling people that, like, the Bible isn't metaphor. These aren't just parables. These are, like, things that actually happen. There was a dude who was able to transform water into wine, and he was able to walk on water and heal the blind. Like, he was able to do these magical miracles in real life. There's, before David Blaine, there was Jesus. And he's going on and talking specifically about communion. And obviously, knowing what he's spiking the communion, we see that. So it's like this is part of his trick. He's like, he's setting up that like, oh, I'm a magician. I know what's going on behind the curtains. I know I'm putting this magical stuff into the communion. So I know there's going to be great healing. And people will worship me. For my connection with God and my ability to create miracles on this planet. So miracles are not metaphors. Communion, rebirth, second chances, all of that stuff. You see Father Paul getting sweaty. Like he's not well. This episode, Father Paul is not looking well a lot of the times. Uh, and, uh, he says, you know, God doesn't give God gives us miracles here and there, but mostly God gives us mysteries. It's mysteries. Why are these weird things happening? Oh, God only knows. God only knows he's testing us. Of course. What is a better way to force you to have blind faith than to not have answers to anything? Oh, who knows? God, it's a, it's just, he works in mysterious ways. Uh, but Father Paul, he gets dizzy, eventually faints. Uh, cut to, back to confession, back to the confession that he had before he introduced himself. Uh, and he's talking about Pruitt getting lost from the tour group getting lost in the desert in the same place. I think Paul got lost in the desert and a, a horrible sandstorm started happening. He couldn't see. It was hurting his skin. And he stumbled upon a cave and Father Pruitt and Monsignor Pruitt went into the cave. And there's a flash of light cut to uh, you have the doctor, Dr. Gunning. They're Monsignor, uh, or Father Paul and Miss Keene. They're in uh, Monsignor in, in the little house in the back. The doctor's there running tests on him. She says that he's got a high heart rate and his temperature's elevated like his body's fighting off a virus. That he should just rest. And drink a lot of water. He's dehydrated. And of course, Miss Keene wants to do just that. Wants to follow the doctor's orders. Because it's very convenient. You know, when it comes to somebody's health, uh, science is important. But when it comes to everything else, it's just like, let God show the way. Uh, and Monsignor, and uh, Father Paul is, you know, stubborn and wants to not, doesn't want to clear his entire schedule wants to keep doing his work cut to the sheriff fixing lunch for his kid uh, and he sees in ollie's bag in his backpack he sees a bible cut to lisa's uh showing up or we're at joe's place joe's trailer and somebody's banging on his door he goes to answer it and it's lisa startles joe Scares the shit out of him, really. Uh, and uh, she walks in, looks around. 
Uh, there's a gun mounted on the wall, and she asks if that was the gun that he used that shot her. And, you know, Joe says no. They ended up throwing that gun in the bay because he, got, he couldn't look at it anymore because of what he did. Uh, and then uh, she tells him the story of what happened to her. She tells him how she was walking with her dad because that's what they like to do. And then just all of a sudden, she didn't feel anything, but she could hear her dad just the screams of her dad. She saw her dad put his hands over the, the hole in her spine where the bullet went in. And it wasn't the fact that she didn't feel it happen that started to scare her. It was the fact that she stopped feeling anything that started to scare her. Uh, and then she had this to say. I came here today. I came here today. I forgive you. Uh. <laughs> I forgive you, Joe Colley. I forgive you, and I see you now. I see you, and I'm still angry with you. But it's different. Even now, just saying it, it's different. Do you want to know why it's different? Because the only thing standing between you and a better life is you. The only thing standing in my way was hate. The only thing standing in your way is you. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes the city. That's Proverbs 16.32. Joe, do you know what Proverbs means? What the book of Proverbs is? means wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge. So... If God can forgive you, and he says he can, all over the place he says it. And I can forgive you. <laughs> and if I can forgive you, Joe Colley, then anyone can. Very powerful scene. Like, great acting, great performances. You know, as far as the characters that I relate to in this show, uh, Riley and Joe definitely relate to. And, uh, you know, I feel bad for Joe. Like, as far as he definitely did a bad thing. Alcoholic, shot a kid. We don't know his side of the story. Maybe we will at some point. Maybe he was shooting at, who knows? Not that it's like, would for, you know, not that it would justify what he did. But I have sympathy for that guy. I feel bad. He's like ostracized from the community. Nobody likes him there. Like the sheriff is the only guy that treats him and, and Bull. Bull's gone as far as we know. Those are the only two people that showed him any kind of respect in the town. And he gets this, you know, apology from Lisa, which is powerful. You know, which is good. She's letting go of that hate that she has for him. Kind of lets him know that he's the only one standing in his own way. Very powerful scene. But she forgives him. Cut two. We're at the school now. There's a meeting at the school with the sheriff. You have the two teachers at the front of the class, Aaron and Miss Keene. And uh, there's a specific reason they're there. Thank you for this opportunity to clarify. Uh, he knows all about Jesus. Well, I imagine not quite all. Muslims believe that Jesus is a prophet of God and that the Injil, the Bible, was revealed to him as the Torah was revealed to Moses before that. See, we, we love Jesus, and we love the message that was revealed to him. Well, <laughs> I suppose we learn something new every day, don't we? But we also believe, after the time of Jesus, thanks to the interference of men, there were deviations in Christianity. People altered the message, priests, popes, kings. That's why there's so, so many versions of the Bible. People got in there, made their changes. I don't think this is relevant. We do, though, believe that the Bible contains some of the original word of God. 
That's very generous of you. But we also believe that God revealed the Quran as the final message, never to be altered, to reassert the original revelations of the previous prophets. I don't think that this is the place to discuss where our beliefs about scripture might diverge. Exactly. There it is. That's the issue. And that's why I think some of the people in this room, including myself, are a little concerned. See, Muslims encourage everyone to seek knowledge. So I am more than comfortable with my son studying a Bible. Thrilled, actually. I've done it myself. But where I think there's an issue is that this is a public school. That's the thing. And I think what's concerning some of us, it's not the Bible itself, but that it was handed out, distributed to the kids here. I just ask you to consider how you'd feel if you sent your child to a public school Jeff. and they came home with a copy of the Quran asking about the Prophet Muhammad. You'd feel it was an issue. If I went around handing out copies of the Quran to the children on this island, purely in the interest of the pursuit of knowledge, well, I'd expect you to chase me out of town, Miss King. I mean, you want to talk about a character that I do not like. Like, the type of person that makes my blood boil is miss keen like the fundamentalist religious karen type not letting aaron speak barely letting like this was the only moment and even in this moment where she allows the sheriff to speak she still is constantly interjecting constantly assuming constantly talking down to everybody because she feels that she is the ultimate person she feels the most entitled the most emboldened she has the most privilege in this because she goes to church every day unlike most of the people there who only show up during the holidays miss keen is the one who's truly a follower and believer in god and using this quote-unquote miracle in a way to start indoctrinating the kids, start grooming the kids, the real grooming that they want to do, which is interesting how relevant this scene, this part of this show is in our actual reality, in our actual society, where you see all of these red states who are full of Christo-fascists, full of fundamentalist Christians wanting to indoctrinate kids, wanting to force Christianity down the throats of everybody who is a citizen in this country. They literally want to remove the separation of church and state. Some of the most delusional people think it's actually why the country started. Not to escape religious persecution, which is the reality, but to force religious persecution to groom children to brainwash children into believing their specific version of events and you see the scarborough family in this meeting and of course i mean they they had the miracle happen to their kid they were believers believers before and now that they have their quote-unquote evidence of god they are just on the same level as Miss Keen, they are just at the same they on the same page, wanting to push this narrative, obviously spamming the entire neighborhood with their leaflets. They want to indoctrinate everybody because they have their proof. Their cognitive biases are proving true, and Miss Keen, even though Aaron is part of the church, she believes. She doesn't like what Miss Keene is doing. And Miss Keene, not having any respect for Aaron, as we've seen previously in the show, is continually continuing to not let her speak, cutting her off. Miss Keene cutting everybody off, not wanting to listen to anybody, just wanting to push her narrative, even so far as to have a similar cadence and to speak similarly as Father Paul does when he's giving his sermon. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if that was on purpose. Good performance by the actress if it was her choice to kind of do that that little it's a small like vibe. Just the way she's speaking is very much and I'm sure it's because her character 
is so involved with the church and you know she she she's like cosplaying being a priest in a lot of ways which i like the one thing about this show i hope there's a scene where she gets her comeuppance so i can cheer because by far the worst person on this island the most annoying horrible person is miss keen and i have a theory about miss keen about what happens at the end of this episode involving her unknowingly doing something but i'll talk about that later so anyway obviously this whole meeting's about them dispersing bibles to everybody uh to all the kids trying to implement christianity into uh into the curriculum basically she's not there she's made a point to say we're not eliminating anything from the curriculum we're just adding jesus and she even goes so far as like, if I feel like I want to quote from the Bible to be inspiring to these kids, you shouldn't have a problem with that. And then he goes to say, well, it's like, if I like, she said, like, if somebody worked here and they were Muslim and they had, they wanted to recite something from the Quran in the same way, it would be perfect as long as it wasn't one something offensive from the Quran, not trying to attack the Quran, like literally attacking the Quran, talking shit about the Quran, which she probably ha knows nothing about, right? She has the just the viewpoint of an ignorant Christian fundamentalist. Uh, every other religion's wrong. Jesus is the only way. Everything else is bullshit, right? That's why it was such a revelation when she finds out that, oh, the Quran is actually, you know, they're very related, as are the majority of religions are just, the, most religions are like King Kong movies. They're all pretty much the same story. Some handle the characters differently. Some add more things than others. But, you know, she's like, the only, the only King Kong movie is the 1976 King Kong movie. All the other ones are bullshit. And she doesn't realize that they're all the same story for the most part. So she attacks the Quran and then immediately says she's not attacking the Quran. Which is like, is like how these types of people argue. They like they they set up these straw man arguments and they assume a lot of things and they just they don't even allow counterpoints to exist. They don't allow other people's opinions to exist. And it's just really disgusting. <laughs> it's like and, and so like of the time, I mean, that's what in so many ways, like you look at Florida, you know, you look at Texas you look at these states and these places that want to turn public schools, they want to either destroy public schools or they want to turn them into uh, Christian farm, you know, like indoctrination. You know, they, they want to indoctrinate all kids into the Christian faith. You know, eliminate anything that challenges any of their ideals because it's so painful for them to exist in a reality that's not their own. Cut to after the meeting, Riley and uh, Aaron are walking home, or he's walking her home, and she's just going off about how she hates uh, Miss Keen, how she hates that type of version of religious, that type of super religious person, which of any faith, I mean, anybody that's that into their religion where they're so blocked off about listening to any other opinion, that it's, it's more of a finite reality to their life than just you know it, like viewing it as a metaphor to be a good person versus it being some documented script of actual events that have happened that it was written by the lord and i love that you know the sheriff kind of tells the history of the bible it's like oh yeah there's a bunch of people changed a lot of the stories they edited stuff they took stuff out it's that's why there's so many versions of it it's like king kong it's so like the perfect analogy, right? There's different people. You look at the first, the 1933 version of King Kong. You compare that to the, compare that to the uh, the 2003 version, the Lord of the Rings guy did. You like vastly different in a lot of ways, but basically the same thing about a giant ape. You know. Anyway, 
so they're walking home. Uh, Aaron and Riley are walking home. Uh, she doesn't like Miss Keen, which nobody seems to like Miss Keen. Uh, and uh, she, Riley opens up about having problems uh, with his making amends with people. Uh, he said that Father Paul recommended he write letters, and he's like, that helps out a lot, but it's still the delivery of the letters that, that's kind of uh, making him, uh, giving him a, a bit of stress. Uh, and he also did, I guess one of the steps is doing a moral inventory. He calls himself a coward, uh, which Aaron does not like that. She does not like him doing self-talk in that way. Clearly, you could see there's something between them. Obviously, they have a past. They were probably together at one point. Who knows how close they were, possibly in the same way that Warren is with Lisa. They had that kind of same thing when they were kids. Uh, but there's clearly a connection there still. She clearly likes they're fr I mean, you know, there's something there between them. And she doesn't like how uh, Riley talks about himself in that way. And, uh, you know, just kind of shows shows that she cares, shows that she likes him. And it's, it, you know, probably something that Riley, you know, it's, it's kind of weird how people don't seem to mind when you talk shit about yourself, right? Versus when you run across somebody that does mind it. And you, you should notice those people and 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 those are the people that you should keep closer versus like a lot of people are around people that are perfectly fine with you uh talking negatively about yourself uh but anyway cutting to miss gunning her the daughter walking in and the old mom is like awake quote unquote awake like she's like i was like lost and then all of a sudden like i could start remembering stuff like the way she describes it is that her brain is starting to fire again right she's getting better right just another example another one of these miracles that are going to start happening right that that father paul knew before he even started in on everything he knew what he was doing when he's spiking the communion, he knew what the effects would be. These miracles that would happen. And, and Lisa was the first miracle. But there's little signs of, you know, you have Riley's parents starting to, starting to you know, get better. You're seeing Miss Gunning starting to get better. Cut to uh, another AA meeting, except for Joe is at the AA meeting this time. And uh, Father Paul is like, you know, Riley walks in and Father Paul's like, see, I told you it was going to start catching on. Uh, and, and Joe is there and he's talking about how Lisa came over to forgive him and how he wanted to drink and he didn't know what to do. And then he remembered that was there. So he went, you know, to, to go to the meeting. And Father Paul asks Riley to give his opinion on the whole situation and riley at first doesn't want to says i don't think i'm qualified to give an opinion and uh father paul's like that's bullshit which is kind of for like a, a priest to use foul language is is a big thing but father paul doesn't seem to mind uh but it does it's kind of a thing that it has more of a wallop when somebody who generally doesn't use foul language starts using it uh, but he calls it bullshit that Riley's not doing that. It's like when you first came in here with your folded arms, you had no problem having opinions about everything. And now you don't have opinions. So he kind of forces Riley to open up and uh, just, you know, tell him that it's uh, showing up is the thing. It's you showed up, that means everything, you know. What are you going to do? So it kind of gives a, gives a statement not not super impactful or whatever but you know it's kind of a feels like a generic kind of aa type of a statement it's like ah you showing up is the first step kind of a thing um cut to them finishing up putting the chairs away father paul says ah you guys can go ahead i'll finish cleaning up and as soon as riley and joe leave father paul starts hacking up again feeling sick going to his knees he's not doing good throughout this entire episode he is not doing good i don't know if that's because he's the life force after this quote-unquote miracle 
He's not. I, who, who knows? He's not doing good, though. We don't know what's happening. Uh, but then we have Joe and Riley walking. Uh, and they're talking about the rec center, and it's hilarious. And uh, hearing Joe talk about it is hilarious. Pruitt Recreation Center, what a fucking legacy. I mean, why not just name it Bev Keen's Money Laundry? That's all it really was. Hmm? Bev Keen's Coin Laundry. <laughs> or Bev Keen's Con Laundry. Or Beverly fucking Keen's Queen Evil Bitch Emporium. <laughs> Embezzlement R Us Incorporated LL fucking C. Oh, you need a bigger sign. <laughs> I do enjoy... I mean, those are the two characters that I relate to the most. So I do enjoy th that scene. And it's like clear. And also, I don't like Miss Keen. So like, it, it's a it's one of my favorite scenes so far in the show. Because <laughs> it's funny. And it's, you know, he's, he's letting out his stuff. And, you know, Riley knows and doesn't like Miss Keen. And knows that, he, like, all of the views that Joe has about Miss Keen are shared by Riley. And then Joe goes into how, like... At one point, Riley says that he's glad he showed up, and Joe's like, holy shit, you actually mean that. That, like, he, Joe doesn't think that anybody on the island, aside from, uh, aside from Bull, who's no longer around, nobody seems to have mentioned that yet. Uh, and then also the sheriff, which is kind of like a weird situation, but, you know, th those are the only two people that really have any type of respect for Joe at all. Uh, and he goes into saying that it's surprised that, you know, Riley would have the those opinions and, and kind of be welcoming uh, to Joe. And he says that his sister was the only person who actually cared about him. And she left a few years ago uh, to the mainland and uh, he never got the never went to go see her. And she died like a few weeks ago and he never got the courage to go to her funeral never got the courage to go to the the funeral on the mainland where her kids buried her and he asks riley if it's like if, am i always gonna feel this way does it ever get better and riley doesn't really have an answer he's like everything pretty much kind of is just the same it's just hopefully we change in time so it's you know not not any like great news about being sober but uh kind of the reality i mean myself i used to drink pretty regularly and then this past year pretty much stopped drinking and you know life doesn't life's pretty much the same it's just i'm not detaching from life at the end of the night uh like i used to and i'm also not feeling like shit in the morning uh but um so they kind of cheers to like here's becoming different people so there's some kind of a mutual respect, a little friendship going there, which is nice. I like it. Uh, I also like, in addition to those two characters who I, I, I relate to a lot, I also like Aaron. Aaron seems like she's got her shit together. Yeah, she's religious, whatever. Uh, but at least she's the brand of religious that's far different than Miss Keene, uh, which I appreciate that as well. Uh, but anyway, they... They have their little discussion after their AA meeting. Let's take a little break from the show to promote the many faces. That's right. I am also an artist. I do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces. A new face, a new painting gets released every single day over at InspiredDisorder.com. So head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com, buy original art, buy prints if that's your jam, if you want 8x10 prints on high quality paper. Also, if you're looking to wear some art, there are shirts available with original artwork by myself. Select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form. You go to InspiredDisorder.com, you buy original artwork, you buy prints, you buy shirts, you're supporting an artist directly. And if you're the type of person that likes to invest in NFTs, there are also NFTs available for select faces. Go to InspiredDisorder.com now. And now let's get back to the show. Cut to 
Sheriff and Ali are doing their prayers. And uh, Ali talks, wants to talk to his dad about wanting to go to the church, wanting to go to the Catholic church because all the kids in school is, are doing it. He's curious about it. And his dad's like, listen, that's not, that's not, we're Muslim. This is not, he, he doesn't want him to do it. And he doesn't want his son thinking that like God bestows miracles, chooses who he bestows miracles on. And he goes into this thing about we find out what actually happened to uh, his mom or the sheriff's wife. I never, ever want you to know what she went through. I bear that for both of us. And that's right. She kept her faith. She honored him to her last moment. And if, if God really work that way if he decided that he was going to heal some people and not others if he chose to spare some and not others if he handed Lisa Scarborough a miracle but let a child die of a brain tumor across the way on the mainland no no that's not how it works Ali it's not. That's not how God works. No matter how exciting the stories are, St. Patrick's, or the Buddhists, or Scientologists, it's not magic. It's not. Which I appreciate the sheriff being kind of the guy who's level-headed and has the words of wisdom. Uh, similarly, I like the sheriff as well. Uh, in addition, as far as the characters that I do like, <laughs> the sheriff is on that list as well. Uh, and yeah, it's true. And it's something that even Miss Keene said after the miracle of Lisa, the quote unquote miracle of Lisa starting to walk when everybody's huddled outside of Father Paul's house, wanting him to come out and heal their illnesses. Miss Keene's like, that's not how the Lord works. Right? Sheriff saying the same. That's not how the Lord works. Obviously. Otherwise, then if he has the if he quote unquote, if God has a dick and uh, he's a cisgendered man and he bestows the blessings of miracles onto some people, then that would mean that he also chooses not to help kids that constantly die or kids that get molested inside his house. You know, all the, the priests that that molest children in the name of the Lord. All the people that do the work of the devil devil in the name of the Lord. Uh, you would think that the God, the, the God that is out there uh, that can create miracles would probably want to stop that horrible branding that's going on with the uh, Christian religion. But also, you know, hearing how the, the mom died and how the dad kind of doesn't want hasn't even talked to his son about how difficult it was uh but has his son kiss the picture of his mom goodnight again and then as he goes to turn the light off he sees something outside something outside like aaron saw something outside in the last episode saw that creature the creature that probably attacked bowl at the end of the episode so cut to Miss Keen is at uh, Father Paul's little house there, uh, sitting down with the Scarboroughs, talking about wanting to plan a community dinner to thank Father Paul for all that he's done and given the community and uh, to celebrate him, you know, because he's special. God communicates through Father Paul now. He's a good one, so we got to really build him up. And uh, she asked them to uh, give a special speech or whatever because of all that Father Paul has done for their family. Getting their kid to walk again, of course, because that's what... It was Father Paul that fixed her. Remember? I mean, I guess kind of he did, in a way. Uh, but not in the way that they think. So she's sitting there. Uh, you also have Joe fixing the sink. Something wrong with the sink. So Joe's there as well. Uh, and then all of a sudden... 
busts in. Paul busts in. Father Paul. Not look. He looks horrible. He faints. He passes out. He's having his seizure. He's foaming at the mouth. Looks just like Joe's dog. As Joe's dog was dying. Died. And it looks like Father Paul dies. Like they check his pulse. Everybody's freaking out. But that's what it looked like. This red foam that's coming out of his mouth. Cut to Monsignor Pruitt. Cut to when Pruitt was in Jerusalem. In this cave that he found solace from the sandstorm. And in the corner of this cave, he sees these glowing eyes. These glowing eyes that we saw in the house in the previous episode that belonged to some creature that attacked Bull. And we see this creature looks like a demon, right? Bald, scary looking, big giant bat wings. And it attacks Monsignor Pruitt, sucking the blood out of his neck. You see Father Pruitt reciting the Lord's Prayer, the same Lord's Prayer that Riley was reciting at the beginning of the show after his car accident that killed that kid. And he said that he could feel the life getting sucked out of him, but also getting the fear sucked out of him as well. And he labeled the creature an angel because it was, it had wings. It didn't have any feathers, right? Bat wings. But he called it an angel. When he looked at it, it had a halo around him. It, this creature. And as Monsignor Prout was dying because it just got the blood sucked out of him, this angel cuts open its wrists and lets Monsignor Pruitt eat, drink of the blood. For it is my blood. And uh, eat of my flesh. The whole communion thing that's been, I mean, that's how he's been spiking the, the, commun- the, the people of Crockett Island. Spiking the communion wine with this blood. Because he knows the effects of this blood. Because after Monsignor Pruitt drinks this blood and wakes up again, he sees that he's young. And what I would say would explain why nobody in the town recognized a younger version of Monsignor Pruitt is that Monsignor Pruitt had a big beard. So it was covering up a lot of his face. So when he would come back as a younger person and a shaved face, I could see people for the most part not recognizing not even because if it was if if monsignor pruitt had a bald face and he came back with a bald face people would be like you look like you're related to monsignor pruitt like they would just assume he was related in some way but nobody's had that reaction aside from miss gunning who thought that paul father paul was monsignor pruitt which makes sense now which is what I assumed in the last episode that was Monsignor Pruitt, or Paul is Monsignor Pruitt. And we see how that happened, that he drank the blood of the quote-unquote angel, which is a vampire, an awesome-looking vampire, like giant bat wings. It looked really cool. It looked like a demon, really. I mean, come on. Uh, But he calls it an angel. And that's, he says, he talks about how... uh, he would, after he became young again from drinking the blood of this angel, that it would follow him. Every town he would go to another town, it would follow him, and eventually he decided he's going to sneak this angel back to Crockett Island to bestow the miracles that this angel can, can uh, manifest uh, and decided to sneak the angel in the giant chest that we saw in the first episode amongst antiquities and uh yeah so we know that the pruitt is paul father paul uh cut to current time everybody surrounding the now dead father paul on the floor of his his house you know miss keen the scarboroughs 
Joe. And all of a sudden, Paul wakes up. And everybody gasping, it's another miracle! The second miracle! He is alive again! He is risen! And the whole cave situation looks very much like the whole Jesus thing. He rose again three days later and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Like, it looked like, the you know, the way the light was shining, a very biblical-looking, very all of the, the accoutrement of Christian uh, symbolism. But Paul wakes up. Everybody thinks it's another miracle. And the camera shifts to a news article that's on the wall. And as it zooms in, it's an article about when the church was first opened and how Monsignor Pruitt, and it's a picture of Father Paul, basically. Uh, not a great picture, but it's clearly just the show confirming. They're like, hey, I don't know if you noticed that when Monsignor Pruitt woke up, he had the beard, but that was Paul. The show makes definitely takes the time to clarify the messages. It's not, it's not the most subtle of shows. But I still like it. So you see the, the article on the wall. End of episode. So confirmations of things that I assumed would be part of the show. Uh, that yes, there is the blood of the vampire. It is a vampire. It is called an angel. Uh, they are the blood of this creature is being put into the communion. And that is... What is healing people? What is causing these miracles? That is why Father Paul knew there were going to be miracles afoot on Crockett Island when he returned because he knew the power of the blood and he knew what he was going to do. Also, uh, Pruitt is Paul. Uh, the, what I assume is happening, why Father Paul is sick, if I had to guess... We saw Miss Keene putting the poison away. So it's, I would assume she's still using the poison. And it was the same poison that killed the dog. And when, F Mons and when Father Pruitt, or when Father Paul died, he was sp spewing the same type of foam that the dog was. So what I assume is that the angel is feeding on animals that are being poisoned by Miss Pruitt. So Miss Pruitt is unintentionally poisoning the vampire, but basically poisoning the food the vampire is eating, and the vampire is then transferring that to Father Pruitt, and Father Pruitt, unless, or maybe he is, or Paul, whatever, uh, or maybe he's feeding on animals himself. I don't know exactly the extent of his vampireness, right? I don't know if Father Paul is a vampire, so maybe Father Paul is the one feeding on rodents around town. But either it's from the angel or from Father Paul that he is getting that secondhand poison from Miss Pruitt. So I think at some point, maybe the next episode, I would assume it's going to be soon. We are going to find out, Miss Pru or Miss Keene is going to find out that she is the one that's been poisoning Paul. Unintentionally, of course. She's not, I don't think she's doing it intentionally. She seems to like him quite a bit. He's going to be a big money, you know, it's going to be more money coming in, which obviously she loves. So that would be my theory of why he's sick, is that he's getting poisoned by the stuff that Miss Keene's putting out. I also think that uh, obviously all the people that are in old old age makeup, obviously I think they're going to start looking younger at some point, just in the same way that Monsignor Pruitt turned into Paul. All these people that are taking communion regularly, or at least select people, are going to start. Because who knows if he's putting it in all of the communion. Maybe he's only doing it to cert giving certain days he's putting the angel's blood in the communion. Uh, but that would explain the old people makeup uh, as people, if people start to uh, get younger. Um, and then it seems like I would imagine there's going to be a media frenzy at some point. It can't not. If miracles are starting to happen, there is going to be people talking 
and the word will get out, especially in modern days. We have social media, all of these things. It can't not. And it, I have a feeling that there's going to be episodes where people are going to be moving to Crockett Island specifically because of these miracles. Those are my predictions for what I think is going to happen, right? Miss Keene's going to find out she's been poisoning Father Paul. I think Media Circus is going to happen, and I think people are going to start moving back. It's going to be a revitalization. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's what he said. It's going to be. These are literal things. These aren't just colorful exaggerations that literally people will be coming back to the island. I don't know how the fish thing is going to happen. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But I think maybe people will come back to the island for the miracles. Either way, that was episode three. Right. Episode book three. Uh, which is Proverbs. Uh, the next episode, book four of Midnight Mass is titled uh, Lamentations. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in, in book four. And there are only, actually, there's only seven episodes. So we are, next episode will be the halfway point. Exciting. I'm excited. Because uh, it seems like things are starting to happen. Getting explanations for stuff that I assumed, but I also knew vampires were part of this story, but I don't, I've never seen the show, so we'll see. Anyway, Midnight Mass, Book Three, Proverbs. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com and follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.